Welcome everyone to the Wednesday Night Warriors episode number five. It is July 1st, 2020. It is halftime of the year 2020 versus the world. And we are back to talk AEW and NXT, not just any regular AEW and NXT. We've got Fighter Fest for AEW, and we've got the Great American Bash for NXT in what I like to call the Great American Fighter Fest Bash Night 1. I am Romeo Anthony Colon. This right here, you know him. He's on every single show on this channel. He is SP3. He is joining us. And of course, it is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. My regular co-host, Christy, with his co-host, Barry J. <laughs> Guys, before we get into tonight's amazing festivities, as always, please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe if you're new. If you're a regular viewer, tell a friend. Let everyone know about the True Heel Heat channel. Let everyone know what we do here on every Wednesday. Discuss NXT and AEW. We watch four hours of television in just two hours. And then we come on here and try to dissect and figure out what we missed from watching four hours in two hours. (laughs) Before we begin about tonight's festivities, we recap every week. What happened last week with the ratings? Now, June 24th, AEW, 633,000 viewers. And holy shit, NXT, 786,000. NXT up 40K, the highest rating since February 19th. AEW down 139,000 viewers. Their lowest rating in their entire Dynamite history. NXT wins by 153K. Uh, Guys, does anyone want to explain to me what happened? And I will... That is NXT's sixth victory in the ratings war total. AEW's up 31 to 6 with a tie. I I have to take a shot for that. (laughs) NXT won. Holy shit. Was it just the main event? Um, I I would say it's a number of factors, but the number one factor of them all was out of all the weeks, every single week of the Wednesday Night War, we brought upon you the Wednesday Night Warriors and NXT's starchest advocate finally said that they weren't going to win. In the ratings war. No, not I didn't. I didn't just say that. I said I was done picking them. Done. <laughs> I won't yeah, you were finished. You you were you were set in stone. I'm fucking done. So so I feel the true heels are responsible <laughs> for this, and they they made sure that NXT won the ratings war to prove you wrong because that was a can't miss pick. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not call it. Yeah. <laughs> These ratings picks are hard as fuck. But 150,000, I didn't think it was going to be that much. I thought it was going to be somewhere in the 20, 30, 40,000 range. 
NXT waxed him, waxed AEW, like, in every way. They won seven out of eight segments on uh, last week, and the main draws for AEW over the last couple of months have either been Chris Jericho or Orange Cassidy, and they had both of them in the main event, and it was the lowest-rated segment in the history of AEW. So Unbelievable! Anything... And everything that could have went wrong last week went wrong for AEW and NXT just... And the match that everybody wanted to see last week was Keith Lee versus Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. So it was all about that on the show last week. That's why I kind of felt AEW was the better show because I felt like it was more spread out and it had more things going on, whereas everything was centered around that main event. But because everything was centered around that main event, uh, NXT won. And they won because the majority of the fans are over 50. They're stuck in their ways, and they just stuck on on NXT because they did a good job of building up that main event. On the Wednesday Night Warriors scoreboard here, uh, once again, last week, me and Chris were split. He picked AEW was the better show. I picked NXT was the better show. And you guys, the viewers, the True Heels over on the True Heels group page, Agreed with Chris once again. You guys will probably never agree with me. By a 14 to 8 vote, Dynamite was the better show. Now, I, now in a perfect world, I would love for the voters of this poll to actually watch NXT to say that AEW was better. I, I counted at least four people that do not watch NXT whatsoever. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, NXT is just, gonna, I guess, going to have to just keep winning in the ratings for the tide to change. For people to say, what's up, man? Maybe I should be watching NXT. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. AEW is up 3-1 to one on the Wednesday Night Warriors scoreboard. Now, this is the fifth episode of Wednesday Night Warriors, and I have decided that every five episodes, I will update you guys on our leaderboard, the match of the night, MVP, Jabroni of the night, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's not much really here to talk about. It's only been four episodes so far, but I will go very quickly. Match of the night. Cody's in the lead with two. Uh, MVP, seven NXT guys have one MVP. Arch Cassidy is the only AEW guy to have one. Uh, so big, big tie, big tie. And Jabroni of Wednesday nights, far and away. This guy is on a, a record pace of, if you watch True Rewind, he's on a record pace of, of matching with Mongo McMichael, 1-2-3-Kid, Hulk Hogan. He is He's Usain Bolting right ahead of them. Robert Stone with four jabronis of the night in just four weeks that we've been doing this. <laughs> yeah, that that guy is strung the fuck out. We have a living legend on our hands to, to stand up with those with those legendary, legendary names. Hall of Fame, uh, names. Well, two of Hall of Fame LVP names. <laughs> No, they're all, they're all Hall of Fame LVPs. When you put it like from that. From our yes. first, one of our first couple episodes of True Rewind. But Robert Stone, congratulations. Let's get to what we, we really want to talk about tonight. Fighter Fest, Great American Bash. Guys, I will start off with a set of Great American Bash and the Fighter Fest set. You saw the, uh, the NXT logo was quickly patched over the uh, WWE logo on the Great American Bash banner. Uh, the great uh, the Great American Bash had some cars in the set to to I guess uh, it's from the Great American Race I guess 
Uh, what did you guys think of both sets? Um, AEW didn't switch it all that up much from last year's Fighter Fighter Fest uh, set, and they had uh, their other set prop, which was the Bikini Girls. Um, you know, very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, for the for the male for the males, you know, you know, I wish they would have been equality. They they could have had some man, uh, manly men out uh, there. When you say the, males, the, you do, know. You, do you mean uh, eighteen to thirty four by any chance? The, the eighteen to thirty four <laughs> demographic. That's what AEW is all about. Is the advertisers? Yeah. Well, I think but, you might get some fifty uh, girls know. switching over. <laughs> I mean, if exactly. you keep having bikini girls, you're going to have fucking 70-year-olds switching over. Chris Jericho is on commentary in a beautiful Canada jacket. I, I forgot it was Canada Day. But, but, if there's anything I hate more than a three-man announce booth, it's a four-man announce booth. I never like four-man announce booths, but I am sorry. Chris Jericho just makes it work. Everything he says is gold. He just plays the over-the-top sports announcer from the 1980s. Like, every over-the-top sports announcer. Yes, 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 yes! Like, just screams. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Yeah, four four people's a, a lot in a booth. I think three people's a lot, to be honest. Yes, they, yeah. They make, yeah. It, they make it work somehow. But Jericho... I'm going to touch on something that Jericho said later in the night. You you should have this man on commentary every night. Every night. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck no. <clears throat> I am a Chris Jericho fan. A huge fan. Ever since WCW days. But Chris Jericho now has what I like to call the three faces of Jericho. There is Jericho the promo. And you saw that last week against Orange Cassidy. What? a promo and there's jericho the wrestler you know okay it's not as good as the promo it's not as good as it used to be but it's still nostalgic it's still okay and then there's jericho the announcer which i can't stand oh i hate it i hate it he's got the love he's got the volume level all the way up to 13 when it should be at least seven or eight i can't stand chris jericho in commentary and it blows my mind that everyone loves it it blows my mind. It because he blows it up to thirteen. It's so over the top. It works. It works as a heelish, a heelish announcer. We haven't had stuff like that since we were watching Jerry King Lawler on Monday Night Raw. At Jerry Lawler's best, he, Lawler's he is not on Jericho's mic levels. He's not yelling and no, screaming like that. No, no, no. He's, he's not yelling and screaming like quiet, that. But like he's brain. overbearing. He's over Brain. No, 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 no. Jerry is not like Brain. Brain knows how to drop in his one-liners and quips. Jerry becomes obnoxious and over-the-top and overbearing. So by bringing that in, it's fresh. It's new again. That's why I like it, because it's it's a very throwback to Jerry King Lawler. Maybe the Jericho thing might work if it's two people, like, like Jerry Lawler had it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you probably... You probably prefer it more when it was just him and Tony. But I just think it, it works regardless of when he's on. It's just anything he says, just it's funny. And anything he adds to the match, it, it adds to the people that he's talking about. Sorry to go on a, a slight rant there. I'm sure that won't be the only one tonight. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here comes another one. 
MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, of course. Uh, not the eight-year-old. MJF gets on the mic to start the match, and uh, can somebody tell me why he brings up the ratings war? Is it because <laughs> AEW lost and they have to pay quick attention to it? I don't know. Uh, he tries to explain no. that that's why he's up first, I think, right? Yeah, he's, he explained that was why he right. was, he was up first. Put him first. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, NXT acknowledged the ratings war last week by announcing the Great American Bash. So, I mean, AEW is just known for if the fans have already been talking about it, they are going to say it on air. That's what they have been doing since yes. day number one of Dynamite. So, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, even though I really could, but I, I want to <laughs> be very uh, considerate of your guys' time. This match. I'm sure you guys are, are going to say great things about this match. Maybe a match of the night thing. But I have to rant already again after I just ranted. Um, this is a horrible job by the referee. This turns into a Texas tornado match. Control the action, referee, please. This is a big spot fest, in my opinion. Zero selling. Does anyone touch the tag rope in this match? I might have to watch it again to see. <laughs> FTR, if they were watching this backstage, oh, they must. I think that's why they were drinking later on, because they watched this match. <coughs> and they saw nobody holding <coughs> the tag team rope. <coughs> I know this is this this kind of match, this style of match is, is uh, huge in openers. It's it's huge to AEW fans, really. But but it's 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 not for me. I'd rather see FTR in there. I'd rather see them have... That's why FTR is about to be my new favorite tag team, for real. They really are. At the end of the match, MJF hits Wardlow with the ring that he grabbed from his tights. Very convenient location. Uh, accidentally hits... He hits Wardlow, and then he yells, Can you do anything right? Uh, eventually, Luchasaurus pins Wardlow. Guys, your thoughts on this match? I'm sure it's much different from mine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's very different because I actually enjoyed this match. Oh, color me. No, shocked. no. Well, it started off. It started off hot and it slowed down a little bit when the heels started working. MJF and Warlord start, started working, and Warlord is pretty impressive. Uh, he's yes. a big dude that could fucking move, and he's only gonna get better because I mean he did basically his first taste of the big time. So, uh, but but anyway. Fucking, it was a good match. I liked it. And I also liked the spot where they did, like, the double kip up and then the double, like, flip into the ring. It was, uh, I don't know, it was different. I liked it. I think it was a fun car crash type of opener that you would, you would see on any, like, the beginning of any, like, Impact or TNA or ROH pay-per-view. That's why I, I really, I really liked it because it was different from, because they were going to have three tag team matches on the night and you would expect kind of private party and proud and powerful to be this style of match. But I like the fact that they took this away from them. <laughs> so they were able to have a different type of tag team match where they just went balls to the wall. It was all spot fest. It wasn't a lot of selling. I will, I will admit it, but it worked for what it was trying to accomplish. It put over all four guys. It put over the whole storyline between Warlow and uh, MJF. And it gave uh, Jurassic Express a big victory because they've been taking a couple of L's. 
after every match, I will update you on our picks. We picked this whole card. We picked both nights. Uh, Chris, so far, he wins this one. He's 1-0. and Myself, SP3, uh, we picked the wrong ones, 0-1. And, and I do have the everyone that voted on the Instagram story, the True Heels uh, followers on, on True Heel Heats on Instagram. You guys were also wrong with me and SP3. Uh, you guys, 71% of you picked MJF and Wardlow, so you guys are 0-1 too. After every match, I'll, I'll update you. Yeah, fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Over on NXT, Fatal 4-Way, number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. Elimination, which I completely forgot. So when I saw me and them eliminate Candice first, I was like, what the fuck, that's it? Elimination. After that, Dakota Kai eliminates Mia Yim. Then it's Kai versus Tegan Knox. The way it should be. These guys have had a, a good rivalry. They needed some time to, to do what they did in this match. Um, actual selling in this match, very, very strange. Opening match, <laughs> there's some selling. Uh, Tegan Knox, to my surprise, wins with the shiniest wizard. Um, maybe I missed something. I don't know why Raquel wasn't out there. Was she not allowed out there? Yes, uh, they they said that there was no outside interference for gotcha. uh, general manager William Regal. Gotcha. Uh, myself and SB3 and the True Heels all lost this one too. We're 0 and 2, and Chris lost this. He's 1 and 1. Everybody picked the Kai for this. Yes. Yeah, I picked the Kai. And I think telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought she's the, she would be the next opponent for Eo because, I mean, she's a face. You know, what other heel out, is really out there for her? It only makes sense that the Kai would be next to the way they've been building her up. It was a good match, though. Um, I, the commercial break kind of threw me off because, you know. NXT, by the way, the first to do a commercial break. Yeah, always. But it's been like, I feel like it's been like that the first, the last three or four weeks. So, it's just it, it takes me out of the main the, the first match the opening match which is a big match for you know this week so uh but when they got back to the Dakota versus Tegan Knox story it was pretty good yeah I felt like it was kind of uh clunky at the start I feel like every time it's like this combination of the girls they kind of don't know they're like footing around each other when it's that many women in the ring and they try to like break it down to like the two people in two people out which is very stale formula so that's why i'm happy that it became an elimination match they were able to tell a better story even though mia's elimination was very awkward and looked clunky as hell because mia had to literally stand there like oh i did my finisher on her and she rolled out the ring what am i to do <laughs> and then waited for Dakota to roll her up. Like the timing was off there. Um, sorry, I didn't see. I didn't see you in there, Romeo. <laughs> Can you see me? Am I good? No, your camera went out for a second while I was oh, talking. Sorry. You gotta, o- you gotta open your eyes, pal. <laughs> open Fuck your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> Maybe my phone felt my frustration from hearing what you were saying. <laughs> why are you so... Why are you, <laughs> well, explain to me. Explain to me this. No, I like the match. I like the match. Especially when it, got, when it got down to Kai versus Knox. The match was great. 
there was selling like you wanted you wanted Thank you. and That's it became, why it became a really good match because they're outside selling I know it's crazy no, to see they all four weren't. people in the no, same room at the same That's time. just the <coughs> WWE style. The WWE style is two people in, two people out. They and literally saw the match. We can't just, well, oh, let me walk out the ring. Oh, Dakota, let me go out. Because we're heels. Because we do this in every fatal form. You have to sell. <laughs> Can we move Jesus. on? <laughs> It's just the first match of each card. Jesus. Over on AEW, it is Penelope Ford versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. In the beginning of this match, Kip Sabian is ejected. And I think the story of this match here is that Penelope Ford has looked better than I've ever seen her. Shida wins with the running knee. Guys, your thoughts on this Women's Championship match? I I have mixed feelings about it. Because it, it was a good showing by Penelope Ford, which she really needed to like look like an actual legit competitor in the division. But I don't know, man. The way they I feel like they should be building up Sheeta like a killer, man. She just fucking she beat Nyla Rose, who's you know supposedly the beast of the fucking of the division. So to have Penelope Ford, I guess, look strong against Sheeta, I don't know. It just it's a little counterproductive to me. I could see both sides to that. SP3. I mean, I, I feel like it's a theme of AEW title matches, whether that be the TNT championship, the tag team titles, the world title, or the women's title, where they if, if you're going to take the loss, you're going to look great taking that loss. Like, they did it with Brody Lee at Double or Nothing. They did it with Jungle Boy a few weeks ago during the TNT championship match with Cody. And they did it here with Penelope Ford. She looked great. And this was a really good match. This was definitely, like, top five, top probably top three, top three women's match in AEW that I've seen. Like, there's the matches with Nyla Rhodes and either Rio or Sheeta. And then there's this one. This was really really good and it put a, like a spotlight on the entire women's division because it made Penelope look like a formidable challenger and uh, Sheeta was able to overcome her so she looked good in the end. Everyone of course picked Sheeta for this match. Chris is 2-1-1 and Romeo and SP3 1-2 and, and the True Heels 75% of you picked Sheeta. I don't know what the other 25% was thinking. Yeah. Whatever you guys <laughs> are smoking send some this way. <laughs> Probably from Philadelphia. Oh, no. I don't, I don't want no part of that shit. Damian Priest promo, he basically challenges Cameron Grimes to fight him when he's healthy. SB3, I don't think you liked this promo, did you? Oh, my God. Now, before you do that, before you, before you do that, uh, this is a Puerto Rican. <laughs> he got the sleeve. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Puerto Rican, I got to take a shot, too. Oh, so this is this is the uh, Damian Priest is I I loved him as as Punishment Martinez because he didn't speak that much probably I don't know if that was the reason but I or is the WWE have reprogrammed him and made him a robot Cameron Grimes you think that you can do that to me punch my yourself. I, I, yeah, I, I, I literally, like, like I just, I literally had to type to somebody. I was like, never want to hear this human me talk 
again <laughs> in my life. Chris, do you think uh, Dave, our boy Damian Priest, uh, the pride of Puerto Rico, do you think he needs a mouthpiece? I'm going to ignore the fact that SP3 just called Damian Priest the Puerto Rican RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Fuck, uh, I'm going to have to do a Photoshop to that. <laughs> uh, he, um, he came off super awkward. I'm not going to lie, man. As much as I love him, he came off super fucking awkward. But, <laughs> I mean, I got faith in him. Maybe he'll get better. I don't think he's used to cutting promos like this, you know? At least he's trying, you know? He tried to look intense. He he reminded me a lot of Roman when he first started because, you know, they tried a little too hard. You know, guys, once upon a time, NXT used to be a developmental brand for stuff like this. <laughs> once upon a time. Still on NXT, it's Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. This match was Matt Wrestling 101. No going to the outside. No top rope. They should have had this match in Stu Hart's dungeon. <laughs> Thatcher wins with a Fujiwara armbar. After the match, he refuses to let go. Uh, clean sweep across the board with everyone picking. 83% of our True Heel audience picked Timothy Thatcher. I actually... I, I'm not a fan of like matches like this, and... This shit was amazing. Of course not. You like the opening match of AEW. I I do. I like those. Oh wow! You just said this was amazing. It was amazing. It was it was different. It's something that we don't see anymore, and it kind of reminded me back in the day when you know Benoit and these guys were pulling out sixty minute Iron Man matches in the first 25, 30 minute match. Up point, first twenty five thirty five minutes of the match would be straight mat wrestling and technical. You know so. Uh, it felt good to see this. It's good to see it every once in a while. And I'm glad we got Timothy Thatcher to bring it. The one match that I said before anything else I had to re-watch from this night was this match. Because this match was just beautiful. It was wrestling for wrestlers, for wrestling fans. Like, it was hard-hitting. It was Matt wrestling. I-, I loved it. By the way, Oni Lorcan continues to deliver in these kind of little matches that are just blips and bleeps. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get... Anything from it. <laughs> he loses all of them, and I don't know what hope there is for him. Uh, obviously, he's a tag team with Danny Burch. I don't, I don't know. Only Lorcan deserves uh, more than what he's getting. He's one of the most underrated dudes in NXT, and still a part of one of my favorite matches on NXT TV history is uh, was Drew McIntyre's first match on NXT with Oni Lorcan. Probably one of the best sub eight minute matches in NXT history. And also, Oni Lorcan, one of the greatest Twitter follows you could possibly have. I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit just one tweet into this right away. <laughs> yes. Boom! Look at this guy. This guy's fucking hilarious. All caps. <laughs> All caps. He's yelling. <laughs> Karrion Cross and Scarlet Vignette. I thought this was brilliant. The voices, the black and white. TikTok vermin are among us. Did you guys catch this? Yeah, I like the Illuminati feel. And <laughs> anytime Scarlet's on my screen, it's just two thumbs up. I wish I had more hands so I could give her more thumbs up. And Cross looks like a Don't bitch. say that too loud. It's too late. <laughs> Godspeed. 
Well, yeah, I, I like this vignette. It was cool. Uh, Cross, Cross is Scarlet. Anything they do is just gold. I promise you we will get to AEW back there in a second. <laughs> All this NXT stuff was boom right after each other, and I'm trying to go in order here. It was Rhea Ripley versus Robert Stone and Aaliyah in a handicap match. If Rhea loses, she must join the Robert Stone brand. Uh, Stone is in some boxing MMA shorts. He looks like a complete dork. Um, he keeps fucking up. He gets in the way. He's missing moves. Uh, eventually, Rhea gets a double submission on Robert and Aaliyah. Uh, this was sort of maybe the best I've seen Aaliyah, but that's not saying much. Uh, definitely wasn't as good as Penelope Ford's performance. Um, and I just want to say, what was the fucking point of this storyline if Rhea was going to win? I would much rather see Rhea Ripley in the Robert Stone brand. Give her something to do. Give her some character. Let her fuck around with that for at least, you know, a month or something. Uh, Rhea Ripley, of course, has been fucking destroyed since WrestleMania, thanks to our queen, Charlotte Flair. What do you want to say about this? I agree that Rhea Ripley's been destroyed because of your (laughs) (laughs) WrestleMania. Like, this is just the... The sad state of this is what, what NXT won, this is what NXT considers making Rhea look strong again. We're gonna heat Rhea up so she's ready for EO again. We promised you we're gonna get her back to where she was. No, she will never be back to where she was in NXT. I'm sorry, the ship has sailed. It's gone. It will never come back. That spark will never come back again in NXT. They need to accept that. Call bait. She's young. Put her on the main roster. Start her new. Because she can work there. But I'm sorry. This is just... She's just going to be... Lost in the wind. Lost in the wind. Oh, sing it. Sing it. <laughs> so nobody here agrees with me that you wouldn't have liked to have seen like a... a storyline with with Robert with Robert Stone and Rhea Ripley together in the same brand that, that would have been interesting I would have I would actually been interested in that but at this it, it would have made her more relevant not more relevant like like sp3 said she would have been basic she's basically going to be floating in the division at least if she was with the Robert Stone brand she'll have a little storyline to work with now she's just another woman's competitor trying to get her title back you know I just thought it'd be a little fun to see a different side of Rhea, give her a little more character. Now she's just still Rhea Ripley, like, it's whatever, you know? That's just me. I, I hope they continue it in some way, because this was the least... No, end this shit now. Stop it. No, that was <laughs> it. No, it's a climax. Forget it. Yeah, but this is the most least, <laughs> the least entertaining outcome of all the outcomes there could have been for this match. By the way, everyone picked Rhea Ripley... Uh, Chris is 4-1, SB3 3-2. The True Heels, 88% of you picked Rhea Ripley. You guys are 3-2. and two. Uh, No, wait, everyone did not pick Rhea Ripley. I was a stupid idiot that picked Aaliyah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could get a storyline out of this. I'm 2-3. and three. I wanted to go with you, but then I remembered the WWE before NXT. WWE will always go with the least with the least entertaining outcome. And NXT NXT has become more and more like the WWE we know and love from Raw and SmackDown with every passing week. We still get the bangers like Thatcher and uh, Lorgan 
and the good, the good women's division, the great, the best women's division in professional wrestling is on NXT. But the more and more weeks go by, the more and more it becomes more like like Raw and SmackDown. All right, finally we go back to AEW because it's Jake Hager versus Cody for the TNT Championship. Uh, Cody's shirt, awesome, awesome, awesome. But season to desist at the same time. Uh, Cody's got the American Nightmare and the beautiful uh, uh, old school Great American Bash fonts. Uh, very, very nice. What a what a what a nice little. Fu a subtile fu. You didn't you didn't need to bang a, a freaking throne with the with the sledgehammer. Good job, Cody. Uh, he did one of these, the waving, you know. When fuck you. <laughs> did you guys see this dork, Justin Roberts? Uh, our good friend, uh, True Heel Josh Morera. Uh, I'm gonna thank him for this joke. He looked like Tim Duncan out there. <laughs> did, did they did they not have a uh, clothing his size in Jacksonville or what? Nope. This match ends with Dustin Rhodes interfering. Uh, Jake Hager gets a submission on Cody, but Cody has his shoulders pinned. That's a dirty finish to me. I did not have AEW having a dirty finish before NXT tonight, but that's what it was. Guys, I thought this was a good match, though, but maybe you guys will feel it was a little clunky in spots. I don't know. Who wants to start? I, I, I Maybe I just got to get used to it, but I, I'm, like, not really used to this whole style of Jake Hager. Because I, I think his style is totally different from when he was, like, in WWE. Where, like, in his early WWE run, like, he was a guy that can go. He was, like, doing the power moves. But he was also, a, like, a mad guy, a technician. This guy's an all-American. This big motherfucker, you know what I mean? So, like, now that he has, like, the MMA presentation, it just, I don't know. Too much brawling for me. But, like, as the match went on, it started to get better and better. And I got more invested into it. I, I, just, I just feel like Cody... You need to understand, the fans love you at this point. You don't need all these smoke and mirrors to have a good match. Like, oh, I see what you did there. Was that pun intended? Oh, only smoke and mirrors. Oh, you, you, you intended. Only smoke and mirrors tonight. God we don't it. need <laughs> all the smoke and mirrors for you to have a good match. We don't need you to bleed like a pig. We don't need your. We don't. We don't need. We don't need. He didn't play today. He didn't play today. But, but we don't surprised. need. We don't need sixty-year-old Arn Anderson out there taking bumps during a pandemic. We don't need your brother out there for a random run-in for no reason when Arn's already out there. Jericho, thank God Jericho's on commentary because he's the only one pointing out that Jack Jake Hager had to overcome three guys. He had to overcome three guys. So they wanted to protect Jake Hager. I got that with the finish, but it just felt like a little bit too much. Now, I, I, I don't want to start this conversation. Is, is this more uh, heel shit from Cody? Yes, I like that was the Fuck. one part of this. <laughs> I did enjoy. I like the heavy teases to Cody being a heel with Arn helping him cheat to overcome Jake Hager. I like that. 
And I already, I already see it with the Dustin, with the Dustin interfering. Cody's gotta turn by attacking his brother. He's gotta turn by attacking his brother, bro- bloodying his brother with FTR and Warlow. That's the whole reason Warlow has to break off from MJF because Warlow is gonna be with this Four Horsemen crew. Oh, shit. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> don't say, don't say Four Horsemen. Don't say four <laughs> horsemen. You can say whatever you want. You could say the four musketeers. Uh, whatever. It, you cannot have horsemen without a flare. Stop it. That's the symbol of excellence. Yes, which does not what? belong anywhere near Wardlow. How do you replace a flare? Of course, with the roads. The new the four horsemen. Arrogance. The no nerve way. Of you. The nerve of you to say that. Oh. <laughs> Chris, Chris, please, please break this up. Please break this up. Tell uh, SP3 he's wrong, and you cannot do a four horsemen. Four musketeers is fine. Uh, they can be the fucking four stallion guys. They can be the dollar oh, value stallion. version no, of them. Oh, that's too close. That's too, too close, close to a horse. Oh, that is a horse. Yeah, it's too close. <laughs> it can't be, it's be some other animal. They're going to be horsepower. Stop it. <laughs> Over on NXT, Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis in a strap match. Uh, Strong's entrance was weird, but I thought kind of cool. SP3, you didn't like it, did you? Um, Yeah, it was like very, very weird. And it was jarring. Definitely. It was jarring for what the storyline was. Like, they, they took us on one direction with the storyline and making it kind of like a comedy bit with the therapy. And then they tried to, like, take us down another route of, like, it's, like, serious and it's making Roddy deranged with that with that uh, vignette. And I was just, like, very thrown off by it. But I thought the match was good for a strap match. Like, it wasn't like the, yeah, papa strap match. Like, you know, it wasn't overhyped or anything. It was just, like, it's two guys that are going to beat each other up. I like how they use the surroundings around the ring more than, like, opposed to just beating each other up in the ring with the strap. Like, they use the apron and the ropes a lot. Like, it showed, it, it was just different. It had a different vibe. And Dexter's creepiness is A1. So, I love it. He's on Hannibal Lecter levels. Bobby Fish interferes. I was wondering where he was at. Loomis kicks out of a running knee from Strong. He then whips Strong with the strap into Fish on the apron. Uh, he does that move that's sort of like a rock bottom, but he sits on his derriere instead. And then he does the, uh, what Mauro Ronaldo tells us is called silence, a submission. He wraps the strap around Roderick Strong. Uh, your thoughts on this match, SB3? Wow, look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I actually enjoyed this match. I like that they use like the the outside of the ring. I like that they went to the trunk and everything. I like the use of the strap. And I was like, I was like, you know, I don't know of that many good strap matches. And it was well on its way for me to have no complaints about this match. And then the finish happened. And this is the problem that I think I think our good star our quarterback is having. You're not catching the little bits with the finishes. Like, the finish to this was just clunky and very I'm watching awkward. two shows at the same damn time! I know. <laughs> I know. It's difficult. 
I'm a warrior. It's a difficult Super thing, but nice. I, 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 I know the problem. You don't have the experience from back in the day. I was only like seven, eight years old flipping my remote to catch every bit of Raw and Nitro. I have 25 years of experience doing this, so I catch the little bits like that. So what I caught at the end of this match was that, yes, they used the strap. For, uh, Bobby Fish comes in the ring. They give, like, him a clothesline with the strap. And then Dexter, like, awkwardly moves the strap around. And Roddy basically has to act like the strap is around his arms, but it really isn't. And he awkwardly, like, does, like, walk backwards into uh, Loomis so they can have a shot of Roddy looking behind him as Loomis is, like, right at his back. But it was so awkwardly set up that it just threw me so off the whole finish to that match. And yes, it did end with him then turning him around into that rock bottom, into the silencer where he like wrapped the uh, strap around his like throat and stuff. That that was the part that I, that part was fine. It was the part leading up to that was just awkward as hell and clunky. I surprisingly enjoyed this match more than I ever thought I was going to enjoy it. And I want to give a lot of credit to Roderick Strong for carrying Dexter Loomis to what I thought was a match beyond his uh, capabilities. Uh, they made Loomis look strong in the end, pun intended, and surviving the interference. Uh, I thought it was good for both of them. I want to say that. And by the way, us three, we all picked Dexter Loomis. The true heels, though, oof. they were on Roderick Strong, 56%. They lose this one. Dexter Loomis is like the most un-babyface person that is playing a babyface on mainstream professional wrestling television. Like, there's zero things about him that says babyface outside to Miss Chrissy Love. He is the most lovable creep I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Still more babyface than... Uh, Hulk Hogan and his black hair uh, in 1995. Good point. Good point. Uh, watch Drew Rewind and suffer with us to hear more about that. <laughs> Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. All four of these guys ignoring the NYC quarantine of two weeks. Very bold. I'm sure they had a loophole. He traveled from Philly or New Jersey or something like that. Either way, uh, very bold. Private Party win this one. I've seen this match much, much better at House of Glory Wrestling in Queens, New York. Guys, your thoughts on this match before we get into what happened after the match? I thought it was a decent match. I knew coming in, I felt it was going to be like the weakest out of the three tag matches on AEW. So my expect expectations weren't too high. It's always good to see my Puerto Rican brothers out there. I wish Sorry, I had. I forgot. Sorry, I forgot. That's all right. We we got we got it. It's on the forearm somewhere. So, but um, yeah, it was a uh, you know it was it was good for what it was. I, I like this match. It was worked different from the the spot heavy uh, opener and the more story based. I didn't think it was that much different. I still didn't see a lot of all uh, the tag rope. I mean, there wasn't Better that than much. The first match. But, but proud and powerful do hold the tag rope, so I will give them them credit for that. Whether whether you saw it or not, they do do a <laughs> I good know, job of holding. I'm not so much private party. I will admit that, but but <laughs> not at all. <laughs> proud and powerful do a good job of following the tag rope. There's a tag but, rope. Uh, 
love I love their submission where they uh, have uh, I think it's Ortiz has uh, one of uh, Private Party in the gory special while uh, they had uh, they had the other in a camel clutch and then he grabbed the other one and had him into the Boston Crab at the same time. It happened in the in picture break. But I was, like, supposed to be watching NXT at the time because it was on commercial. But my eyes was on AEW during the commercial break because I was like, yo, they're really doing this spot during the commercial. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Probably my favorite part of that whole match. But I enjoyed it. Yes, yes, yes. You did like that. However, you did not pick them like I boldly did. Romeo catches up in the standings at 5-3, and three, the only one to successfully predict private party was going to win this i i knew matt hardy was in their ear i knew matt hardy was going to make the difference <laughs> the true I, heels I think you, by the way 75 percent of you in the true heels picked santana and ortiz just like chris and sp3 i think it's selfishly because we're fans of santana and ortiz and we hate the fact that they keep jobbing out like i was like they just so just lost, they just <laughs> lost last week i was like they just they just had uh, Santana lose to Matt last week. I was like, they got to get the victory here, right? But now they're kind of giving Private Party the push right now, and Santana and Ortiz can always recover. So, Did either of you catch the Keith Lee-Adam Cole vignettes building up the importance of next week's double title match? Yeah. I really liked it. I really liked it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I like the Keith Lee part more yes. than the Adam Cole part. I felt like the Adam Cole part was kind of weak, and it's it's like it's like I, I just feel like we keep hearing the same Adam Cole promo for like the last couple of weeks. If he's not with Undisputed Era and able to bounce off of their personalities, or even the little small thing with the I think it was the revolving promo that they had with like Balor and Gargano and Keith Lee he was good in there but when he's by himself and he's talking I swear to god he's just reading from the same script every single time yeah I agree with sp3 in that regard like uh I like I love Adam Cole but he does sound like the same thing over and over and Keith Lee like low-key always drops gems whenever he talks like little like just the way he he delivers certain lines. It's just like, damn, like, yo, Lee, you, you different, you know? So Lee XT. Lee XT. I has a nice ring to it. Has a nice ring to it. Keith Lee is like a star, and they he just keeps proving it and proving it. The rating last week, I don't just think it was because they pushed that main event. I think it had something to do with the people being drawn to Keith Lee. That's just my opinion. This vignette was was more based on Keith Lee more than Adam Cole. And I think that's what they were going for, to make you try to believe in Keith Lee. Because I think everybody already believes in Adam Cole. How many days is he already champion? And um, for anyone that hasn't seen on the network, uh, the Broken Skull Sessions with Mark Henry, check it out. Good interview with Mark Henry. But Mark Henry also waxes poetically about how good Keith Lee is and how, and Stone Cold also, how good he's still going to be. We learned that Brian Cage versus Moxley will not be taking place as scheduled next week. Instead, it is in two weeks at the all of a sudden very announced fight for the fallen AEW. Obviously, this has to do with John Moxley's um, being around his wife, being a very good husband. His wife caught the Rona. Um, by the way, fight for the fallen. 
out of nowhere, uh, NXT is going to have to counter-program that. I think NXT tribute to the troops, maybe? Yo, like, like dead ass. I just feel like this was AAW's answer to being like, oh, you want to you wanna do a two-week Great American Bash? You know what? We got a third-week fight for the fallen. Dick on the table. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you got to admire that level of pettiness. NXT struck back with pettiness. AEW says, fuck you, dick on the table, take this pettiness. And Cody Rhodes also with the pettiness with the shirt. I love it. I love pettiness. Tony Khan out here swinging. (laughs) I love pettiness that benefits us as wrestling fans. We get a a third week of a pay-per-view quality TV show. Like, from out of nowhere. Moxley and Cage, and I clapped when you said that because... It's keeping Moxley safe because there was no way they were going to have this match to, uh, to, to tomorrow when they're supposed to tape. And it just shows that they're taking it a lot more seriously than the other company, honestly. You know, I, don't like, I, don't, I don't like to do the comparison thing, but just the, the other company has just been so negligent. You have to compare the two. And Moxley has tested negative several times, which Taz mentioned in his promo. Taz is the best promo on Wednesday nights because he just he's spitting that fire and using reality and just being a dick by mentioning <laughs> by mentioning his his total disregard. Play, he's playing low key or Austin Aries on mainstream professional wrestling, and it's awesome. <laughs> can you can you elaborate though? Because I missed the Taz promo because I was trying to listen to the Santos Escobar promo because I, I didn't know if you guys were gonna listen to it. So can you tell me about the Taz promo? Well, I was uh, into the Santos first, and then Taz popped up on the screen with Brian Cage, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be good because Taz has been going crazy lately. See, see, the Wednesday Night Warriors, we have to do a little telekinesis so that we don't <laughs> miss everything. Sometimes exactly. I have to, I have to bite the bullet and and watch the NXT part because I already know Chris is definitely gonna watch the <laughs> part. So it's a telekinesis thing. This is how we work together. This is why we're fucking warriors, you know? Because we help each other out. We help each other out. He brought up the negative test. <laughs> he said that he got tested twice at home. And if he would have came and got his lazy ass into the, you know, into the <laughs> arena, that he would have got tested again. <laughs> So, like, there's no excuses, basically. Like, you know, like, he, he brought that heat. If he keeps going like this, man, he's best pro, he's promo of 2020 going this rate. By the way, the Santos Escobar promo, since since I watched it, I have to report on it. Uh, he basically says he's going to restore the honor of Lucha Libre. <clears throat> he is interrupted by Drake Maverick. Uh, Drake Maverick gets beaten down three on one, of course. Santos Escobar with his two lackeys. Uh, I thought Drake Mavericks still has no friends, but apparently Brizango come out. They save him, and it'll be they uh, Fandango challenges for a six-man tag team next week on night two of the Great American Bash. Apparently, their stable is called Fantasma. If I seen that correct on the on the uh, on the screen no, no, when they no. set it up, it's called. Hold on, I'll get it for you. Legado del Fantasma. Yeah, which is, I mean, which is still cool because it, it pays homage to the Fantasma name. So, and, uh, you know, it's nice to see the cartel out there. <clears throat> <laughs> please, please, no. <laughs> please, the no. worst cartel. 
the worst cartel in the history of cartels. If this is a, is this this is supposed to be a cartel? Because they haven't said it on television yet. You got you're just assuming a lot by calling them a car, a cartel. He feels never, very cartelish. They they've never called themselves a cartel. They did a cartel storyline leading up to it, which they totally had a huge logic hole for. Because two y'all must have mess. time if y'all about to do this. Yes. If yes. I got time, then I'm about to do this. Y'all must have time. These guys two got time. Two luchadors stole, stole, uh, what, what, Joe, Joe Kim Wild and Raul Mendoza. Then the two mass luchadors became Raul Mendoza and Joe Kim Wild. Where all, is the no. uh, Where is the other one no, or two no, no. luchadors? That was a kidnapper. I need you to know. You assume they were stolen. You assume they were stolen. You never took into consideration that they staged this. They, they could never told us. They staged this. They never told us. Well, you haven't taken into consideration. You're you assuming. Think it's a possibility. What's the first just three like letters of assume? assume. What's the first three assume. letters of assume? No, I'm just going by them not telling me. <laughs> they don't have to tell you. I am actually... I am asking questions as the viewer. <laughs> like, where, and where is you the I have not one, an answer. I have That's one an answer. assumption. What's I the have first one three? answer. I just, I just need one answer. What's the first three one. letters of assumption? One, one answer. One answer. That, no, that's not the answer. What's the first three <laughs> letters of assumption? Because um, y'all are just assuming, assuming a lot here. This You're is the W... Too. This is no, the WWE universe. I'm asking a question. Anything can Where's happen. Where's the other luchador? <laughs> you the guys still haven't answered that. We talked about how you can stage a kidnapping. Kidnappings are staged all the time. Well, what they, does that have to do with my question? They are cartel-like. They are cartel-like characters. <laughs> that's not the, they kidnap somebody with lucha mask on. By God, if that's not a cartel, okay. then I don't know what okay. a cartel is. Where's the other mass luchador? That's all I want to know. It was that staged. Is, that, or it could have okay. been staged. Let me not say it's a staged. It yes. being staged and it not being staged is not my question. My question is where's the other mass luchador? You guys' math is off. It's okay. <laughs> we can move on Wait, to the next Two guys that kidnapped him. Huh? The two guys that kidnapped him, right? Two guys that kidnapped Ramon Mendoza, and then two guys that kidnapped Joe Kim Wilde. Uh, they could have easily have had you and Chris put on some mask, and then you guys kidnap me and, I don't know, drunk guy JJ, and then we're just staged, and then we're all just having beers and playing cards in the back, and we're all just a big old happy family. We got Drake Maverick off of our tail. Drake Maverick doesn't know what's going on. Drake Maverick's confused. He can't. He doesn't. He doesn't know what's coming at him in the cruiserweight final. All of a sudden, and then he gets fucked up. It's a, you know, easily. And, uh, you were just looking for an explanation for the logical. Uh, it doesn't have to be the legit truth, but I'm telling you that does kind of make a little sense. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's yes, yes, <laughs> If I'm gonna be the voice of reason here and come on this show and say y'all are not y'all are not putting out this logical, I will be. We can move in a, on in to the a, next in a universe where a guy could come out of a grave and win the Intercontinental Championship, 
it's possible for a cartel to stage a kidnapping. See, but Sid, you're just, Sid, you're assuming, there's that word again, that what I'm saying isn't true. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm, you are. I'm calling, I'm calling what you're saying an assumption. I'm not assuming anything. Just like what you, you said you was an assumption. You, no, I literally just asked the question. I'm not Anything. I'm not assuming the anything. The only question you I, asked was what assum- assumption starts with. Which is. No, I also, I also asked, where is the other mass luchador? You're talking about it being staged. It's You're talking all about part all of the cartel. They're all yeah. a big, huge cartel fan. I, I think he's back doing jabroni shit. He's out there you know, selling, put, selling weight like he was supposed that, to be. That's at least an answer. Not a good one, but an answer. Uh, you got to think like the cartel. Well, all, all, all this conversation is is just a bunch of assuming back and forth. <laughs> We're all asses. No, I asked the question. <laughs> Listen, can I move on and talk about one of my favorite parts of the show, please? Yeah. We had to get that out the way. We had to get that out the way. It's Cameron Grimes. It's, <laughs> as he likes to put it, Grimes time. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I got my foot on the gas. I'm going straight to the top. And I'm calling out Adam Cole or Keith Lee. They're going to have to fight me. He automatically assumes himself the number one contender just, just from beating Damian Priest, <laughs> who can't be anybody on his own. Cameron Grimes is must-see TV every single Wednesday night. I, this is one of my, one of my favorite new characters. I love Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I love him. He's growing on me. There's like a baton or torch for the best character on Wednesday nights on either show. And Goat Baker has it right now. But Goat Baker took a week off, so Cameron Grimes is nipping at her heels. Because Cameron Grimes, just with that short promo, he just owns. He just owns every segment and just exudes confidence and personality. What I would give, what I would give for just a simple conversation between Cameron Grimes and Goat Baker. Oh, (laughs) my God. That would be... She definitely pointed out his fucking dental hygiene. That's one. <laughs> That's guaranteed. I, I will say you did miss the nice little, uh, it was short, but the nice little Darby Allen vignette. Uh, yes, I did miss that. Tell a, me what happened. It was uh, a black was, and white. You can go ahead. Sure. No, he was just like, he was doing skate show, like skate tricks and shit in black and white, but he was doing like sick shit, like flips. and so, He was just doing some wild shit. You know? <laughs> that was like... Uh, you ain't catching me doing that. I can barely walk straight. Yeah, the vignette starts out with him on the phone, I guess, with, like, Tony Khan or AEW officials telling him that he's still not medically cared and saying that he, he's not going to stay inside and not do shit. And then all the shit he's doing is, like, riding his skateboard, doing more dangerous shit than what he would be doing in the <laughs> ring, honestly. He's, he got he got set on fire as he's skating, and then like the they like extinguished him off. Then he did like a moonsault off of like a handrail into the skateboard, landed on the skateboard, and then down the pipeline. That was how the video ended, but it was great. That was great. That was be, a sick spot. 
I, I, I stole this from uh, Gary uh, Ka- Cassidy of uh, Sports Kita. But, uh, yes, Darby Allen should be a, a secret character on Tony Hawk's uh, uh, pro skating. Yo, that would be sick. Tony Hawk was in a promo. I will start with AEW's main event since it, I think it started first. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Best Friends for the AEW Tag Team Championship. SB3, do you want to talk about this car entrance? Oh my <laughs> god. This is like top three car entrances in professional wrestling history. By the way, quickly interrupt, quickly interrupt, quickly interrupt. Car entrances for both main events. Go ahead. Yes. Car (laughs) entrances for both main events. And I think counter programming. Both of them placed in the top 10. Top 10 all time because Sasha, Sasha owned hers. But I'm sorry. Best friends just edged her out when they entered. With Trent's mom driving them in a minivan. I never <laughs> laughed so much during an entrance when Trent, Trent's mom's like, honey, tells him to come back. And Trent has a mean face on. And his mom gives him a kiss on the cheek. I literally could not stop laughing. By the time I stopped laughing, Kenny Omega was making his entrance. By the way, we learned that Private Party will face the winner of this match. Next week. And it's for the tag team championships. FTR eventually, you know, by the way, my new favorite tag team, a real tag team in AEW, a tag team that holds the tag rope and pays attention to the referee's rules. They come out and watch this match. They're fucking drunk as fuck because they had to survive that fucking opening match. (laughs) They are, I don't know, maybe 12 to 14 beers in. I would say. Best friends hit the strong zero for a great near fall that Kenny Omega barely saves. Hangman hits a dead eye for another great fall, great near fall. And then he hits the buckshot lariat for the win. Uh, Before I talk about what happened after the match, your guys' thoughts on the match. It was a good match. It was a nice back and forth. And Hangman was doing some, some. I don't know. He 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 gives me that 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 feeling like he still might turn heel eventually, just by the way he moves in the ring and just the way he would be looking at Kenny in the back. Stop it! Stop it with these heel turns. They, Stop, they had please. they had the interview in the back and Kenny said some shit and the way he looked at Kenny is just like it's always a, you know a little tease. So, um, okay, you know, I, I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Please talk. I, I, no, you know, Kenny Kenny said something about, like, them having good chemistry. Like, hey, we be every, you know, we're fine. We're, you know. And then as it closed out, you know, you just see Hangman kind of looking at Kenny in, like, a funny way. So it's just always a little hint of maybe they're not always on the same page like Kenny likes to think. And it, yeah, it, gives, because... it gives the best friends a better chance of, you know, you think best friends are going to win the titles. Because Kenny said uh, the night will end with a goodbye and a good night basically saying like how he would close the show and hangman's like looking at him like but i'm the one that oh. was doing that shit. <laughs> and, and hang, hangman, also, makes sense. hangman also said i'm the tag team champion he didn't say we're yeah. the tag team champions he said i'm oh, the tag team champion pain and daniel bryan shit <laughs> yeah no because 
because Kenny's oblivious to it. Like Kenny just like, oh, it's just Hangman being Hangman, I guess. Yeah. So what He's you drunk. just said. So what you just said, Hangman is the one that wins this match. Not Kenny. It's it. We look at look at most of their their wins. That's usually what happens. I really. I really enjoyed this match. Uh, this was a great tag team matchup. They really did a good job of building up best friends uh, prior to this matchup with all the big victories that they had beforehand, which made me believe on a lot of the near falls in the end, especially when I think they hit the, the strong zero at one point. Then I think uh, Hangman did like a sunset flip and Trent reversed it and like packaged them up for a very, very close two count. It was, like, very good near falls. Same with the Sheeta and Penelope Ford, but I, I bit more on the on these because of my prediction, of course. But uh, <laughs> but I, I love the matchup. Uh, all four guys look great in it. Trent especially. Trent just always seems to be, like, a star in these best friends tag team matchups. But this one, he just stood out even more to me. Chris, myself, and the True Heels all predict this match correctly. Uh, the True Hills, they had Hangman and Omega at a 56% to win. SB3 was feeling lucky. He, he thought the best friends might win. I just felt like with, uh, it was a number of different things. I thought they were going to do something big for the for the ending of this show. And like the, the final falling out of Omega and Hangman's tag team, yeah. I thought was the, the big thing that they would go for. And best friends are a good a good option to be the next tag team champion. So that's why I went with them. After the match, FTR comes down. They got their, I guess, 16th beer. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Omega pour, <laughs> pours it out very disrespectfully. If Stone Cold Steve Austin was there, he would have stunned someone for that level of disrespect. Oh, he would have stunned everyone. <laughs> The Young Bucks come out. They eventually uh, uh, try to calm things down. Obviously, the Young Bucks and FTR are teaming up next week. This is seeming like a very big spotlight on these three particular tag teams. And um, do you guys think that's where we're heading? Like a, 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 a match between these three teams? Or, or is this something else that you want to say? I, uh, I, I think we're going to see Bucks versus the uh, FTR just straight up first before we see a three-way. Or that's how I would I would have booked it first. But, you know, I mean, either way, I'm fine with a three-way too because these are all pretty good tag teams. I think that the Bucks versus FTR in a lot of ways is like blood and guts. We're not getting that until there's fans back in the building. So they have to have a big tag team title match for All Out. And I think that's it. The, the three-way, they've done a good job of doing this slow buildup between FTR and the Young Bucks and slowly circulating in Hangman and Omega uh, Hangman and Omega into it and the tag team titles. So I just like how it's building up and building towards. And I like that huge spotlight that they put on them at the end because it kind of foreshadows what's to come. And that matchup would be amazing. NXT main event, Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai, non-title. Sasha Banks in beautiful, great American gear. 
I thought this match, Sasha Banks and Io Shirai had beautiful chemistry, beautiful chemistry. It seemed like whatever they were doing was just smooth and flawless. Maybe there was one or two bumps in the road, but they really had this match lined up. Whether they were calling it the ring or they had it lined up before then, they had good chemistry, in my opinion. The match ends. Io Shirai has a, I don't know if you want to say cross face or a bank statement on Sasha Banks. I guess you would call it a bank statement. I don't know. Uh, Bailey on the outside throws her title in the ring to distract the referee. The referee, very dumb as fuck, an IQ of maybe 12 or 13. Uh, he's fighting with the belt and, and Bailey. And then from out of nowhere, eventually, Asuka comes out of nowhere, sprays her green mist into Sasha Banks' face. Very bold. I, I hope I hope Asuka had a, a COVID test or something like that. Uh, we haven't seen that green mist in a while because of all this fucking COVID shit. Eventually, EO hits the moonsault. EO wins. Uh, this is what I like to call a dirty finish. Eventually, uh, Asuka and EO celebrate together to end NXT show. And on the predictions scoreboard, Chris is going to win the night with this 8 and 2, myself 7 and 3, SB3 6 and 4, and the True Heels 6 and 4 also, 89% of them also picked EO to win this match. I thought it was a good match. It was good back and forth action. They do move very. They uh they have good chemistry together. I did not expect Oscar to just pop up out of nowhere like the fucking boogeyman and just spray somebody in the face. Um, I hope she got tested. I was thinking the same shit. I hope she got tested beforehand. I hope they were smart enough to do all that. And you know, it just sets up Oscar versus Sasha. And it, it was what it was. It was a good main event. I wish NXT would have done like. Teddy Long slash Tony Khan of uh, calling the announcers at the end of the show and announced that it was Io Shirai and Asuka versus uh, Sasha and Bailey next week on night two. I mean, that I mean we're recording been this a right nice after. Little. We might have to check the Twitter. Maybe it is announced. And in our predictions for next week, I automatically put that match in just in case. So we'll predict it later. <laughs> but I just, I just felt like that would have been a nice little plug, and they did have a hot finish to the to the match. The match was great. Uh, both ladies just worked well. These are two of the best ladies that I've ever walked through NXT as far as like in ring talent. So this was a dream match. Two of the NXT. best in the world right now, I would say. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Two of the best uh, best women best wrestlers, regardless of gender in the world both of them because both of them deliver in the ring every single every single night out they're consistent their characters they have down point like you said sasha's gear was amazing sasha had the gear of wednesday night on either show mjf your robe was beautiful but no you don't have the gear of wednesday night but both of these ladies just delivered and show why they're two of the best in the world yeah on a a side on a side note i just want to say i now like white pants Okay. I, I like white pants as well. I, I will say thumbs up for white pants. And Bailey is one of the best characters in professional wrestling. Regardless of any promotion, Bailey is just on point 
and hilarious. I loved her honking the horn to distract uh, Io Shirai. It was kind of a throwback to Monday night when she did the this and who falls for that? Who falls for that? I just love that Bailey. Like I said this before. I think I said this on True Hill Heat. Bailey's whole character from the beginning was that she was an adult playing a little kid. And all that's happened is she became that, then she beat Sasha, and she became the the kid that stood up for herself for the first time. Then she, you know, grew as the NXT champion, and she was the kid that actually did something for herself. Got the got the you know the the the, the bike and started being the paper boy and people the, being the paper girl, getting the actual job, making their own money for themselves. Then this whole heel turn has been Bailey, the teenager. And all she is is an like, obnoxious, annoying teenager, and she is just lovely as it. Lovely. Wow, that is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard, because it makes so much fucking sense. <laughs> Good job, Ashby. Good job. See, <laughs> see me, and you can, me and you can agree once, in a, once upon a time, once in a while. But I do want to say, as great as Bailey's character has been, I don't think her in-ring work has been as good as it used to be. Do you want to argue about that now or no? I I agree with you. She's better in the ring as a babyface than a heel. She still hasn't got how to work as a heel down pat. Like, Sasha blows her away as a heel. Sasha did tremendous heel work in this match alone. Just just the aggressive and the snap, the smoothness of her movement, and just her cocky little laughs after every offensive move. Sasha just owns as a heel in the ring. But Bailey just seems to... She's kind of gone past what the boss was. Like, the, bo- the boss hasn't got that essence of that character ever since she lost the NXT title. It seems to be lost ever since then. Sasha has slowly gotten her footing back <laughs> under her, but Bailey has her character down pat. We are going to wrap up this Dynamite and NXT, and then after that, we're going to do very quickly our week two predictions of Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. Guys, match of the night. Let me start with SB3. I'm going to go with the main event, Cowboy Shit, Hangman Page. Uh, and you don't Daniel have to say Omega. that. <laughs> <laughs> likes a cowboy. Hangman Page and uh, Kenny Omega versus the best friends. This was a hard, hard choice for match of the night because I loved, I liked, I really liked uh, Thatcher versus uh, Lorgan. I really liked the opener for NXT. I really enjoyed um, the main event for NXT with Io Shirai and Sasha Banks. That was probably the closest to this match for me, but I give this match the edge. It was for the tag team titles, and I bit, and I I always had the feeling Io Shirai was going to win the main event of NXT. I I was more of up in the air with the main event of AEW. I had Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan because it was it was. It was different, man. It was just something that I was... I, I kind of expected it going into the match. But I didn't think it was going to be like that intense when it came to the mat wrestling. And it had me invested the whole match. So I was I was really... I really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, this was very close between the both main events of both shows. I also would have said uh, 
uh, Loomis versus Strong, I thought was a strong contender for me. I'm going to go with Best Friends versus Omega and Paige, uh, only for one reason. Even though both matches were so good, I'm going to go with that. That match had a clean finish. You know how I feel about the finishes. <laughs> you know how I feel. And it- NXC had two this week. Yeah. Oh, I, I need to fucking start a dirty finish counter. <laughs> 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 See, the thing about starting a counter is that well, you have to go back for all the weeks you missed and fucking count those shit, too. We, we were going to start a brawl counter, and surprisingly, this is the first week there was no, no full brawl. No full brawl. <laughs> Because they treated it like a pay-per-view. They never have brawls on the pay-per-view. They only have brawls on regular Dynamite. And also, nobody was thrown in the trash or had trash thrown on them. Not that I remember. There you go. (laughs) MVP, let me start off. I had such a hard time choosing an MVP that I just chose two. Uh, Roderick Strong for doing what he had to do tonight. Get Dexter Loomis over and make him look good. Amazing job by Roderick Strong. We got to give him credit. Come on. And then Io Shirai for the main event win for the great match. Those are my two MVPs. Let me let me go to Chris. Who's your MVP? Yeah, my MVP is actually going to be Dexter Loomis. Because Roddy did make him look good, but at the end of it, he, he does look like the star. And, like, you know, I feel like they have big things planned for him. So, he's my MVP tonight. I'm going to go with the tie as well. My co-MVPs are the two women that were a part of the main event of NXT. Io Shirai and Sasha Banks. These women went out there and showed out. They had lofty expectations with uh, being called the dream match by WWE standards. We all remember... The last one they called the dream match with uh, Nakamura and Styles. We also had the greatest wrestling match ever, which was great, but it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> but this lived up to the dream match moniker. Both ladies had great performances, so I got to give them both the MVP. Let me start Jabroni of the Night with the creator of Joyce and Jabronis, by the way. A new episode on the True Heel Heat channel. If you haven't seen it already, Christy, who is the oh, yeah. Brody of the night? Usually, I would go with my man, Robert Stone, <laughs> aka Smacked Writer. Robert Stoned. Robert Stoned, with a D at the end. But this week, I had to go with Drake Maverick. My man came out with a neck brace. Rushed the ring with three people in it. They got stomped out like Ebola on Grove Street. <laughs> Unfortunate <laughs> shit. That's jabroni shit. Just because Chris Tree won't pick Robert Stone doesn't mean I won't pick Robert Stone. Robert Stone, this was your motherfucking opportunity to add Rhea Ripley. To the Robert Stone brand, and you blow it. Oh, so many miscommunications, so many awful moves. Robert Stone, far and away, the jabroni of all the Wednesday Night War. You, you won another one tonight. Since you guys will never vote for him, 
I will, because I am the only one here that is not Puerto Rican. Yes, I am going for the Puerto Rican powerhouse, Damian Priest. Damian Priest, the NXT robot who was given that robotic promo to cut. He stood out the most to me as the biggest jabroni of Wednesday night. Unbelievable. SP3, you will never be invited on this show ever again. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is not how we do Wednesday Night Warriors. Are you kidding me? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This comes out of Harry's Puerto Ricans under the bus. Hey, Proud and Powerful had a good night. Not really. (laughs) Matt Hardy? He counts. (laughs) (laughs) He's Puerto Rican by association. No, that's a nice say. In my opinion, that's a nice say. All right. My heart is just as Puerto Rican as us, Chris. Stop it. Yeah. We just said it last week. Yeah, he's family. Show of the night. We have Fighter Fest. We have Great American Bash. I guess it's my turn to start. Wow. 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 I swear. I was going to pick AEW this week. I swear. I was like, NXT has one week of build for Great American Bash out of nowhere. Like, here's Great American Bash. Here's Great American Bash. Here it is. But holy shit. Off rush card. And they deliver. (laughs) I cannot believe it. Roderick Strong carries Dexter Lewis to a beautiful match. The opening Fatal 4-Way where they actually sell that they're getting hurt. Unbelievable. Io Shirai, Sasha Banks, two of the best women's wrestlers in the world. They, they, They act like they've been wrestling for years. I enjoyed all of that FC, except for that Bad booking decision of real Ripley going over. Very awful decision. But the match wasn't that bad. It told a good story. So I can't be that upset. And as for AEW, the spot fest in the first match, zero selling. Bruce Pritchard rolling in his grave. James Cornette rolling in his grave. You name them. Anybody from the past. They're rolling in their grave. Cody winning dirty. I hate if you're teasing a heel turn. I fucking hate that, too. And as of course, as always, Chris Jericho on commentary, the worst face of Jericho. I hate, hate, hate. Satan Ortiz, private party, capable of much more better. NXT wins this week. I have only picked AEW once the first week because of uh, how unbiased I am. As I was watching most shows, I had AEW Fighter Fest on the big screen, on the big TV, because I thought they were going to have the better show. I thought they were going to have the better card. I had NXT on the laptop. That goes to show you how unbiased I am. But wow, NXT, great American bash. <laughs> they win this week for me. Who should I toss to next? Who wants to go first? SP3 or Chris? So, surprisingly... I'm going to agree with Romeo. 
actually, I actually enjoyed NXT more. They both good shows, both good shows, but I just felt like NXT had so much more diversity. Just like the Thatcher match, the main event was good. The fatal four way in the beginning, I thought it was gonna be a clusterfuck, and it turned it out, you know, being good. So I just, I, it just it had me more entertained. So I'm gonna go with NXT this week. Holy shit! The Wednesday Night Warriors agree once again in episode five. This is the first time we've agreed since episode one. And now on to our special guest. Why do you sound so disappointed? <laughs> I know where you're going. I know where you're going. But you know what? Can I say something before you even say what you're saying? Both shows were really good. I, I, I will give that two thumbs up, and I will take a shot for both shows being good. Both shows were quality shows. I enjoyed both shows. AEW had the better, the better, the best match of the night. But hold on to your seat. NXT Great American Bash was better than Fighter Fest Night One. I give NXT the crown. <laughs> I give NXT the the crown this week for this week because it just had like like Chris said it had more diversity on the card. The women's division had a spotlight. Uh, it wasn't much for the tag team division. I don't know if they have a tag team division, but <laughs> but everything that they wanted to hit, they hit. Uh, they hit. They had a hit for. It wasn't a single. It wasn't always a home run, but it was at least they got on the base for every single segment. Whereas on AEW, I felt like the Cody and Hanger match wasn't as strong as it could have been. I. I, I, there was just uh, a couple of different things that was just a little off to me on AEW, but I just felt like Great American Batch was the much stronger show. It had a it had a little bit more better matches on the card <laughs> overall. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Wow, 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 wow! In the words of Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, Yowie. Wowie, who do you think wins the ratings war? I am going to say that AEW blows NXT out of the water. I think AEW gets 900k. I think AEW fans are pissed off from last week. They're all tuning in this week. They're going to make sure Fighter Fest wins. I say 900k to NXT, 680k or something like that. SB3. I'm going to say NXT 700, 700K to AEW, like 815K. I think that AEW is going to get the edge this week because they did get put a little bit more focused on this week. Yeah, than, they advertised than, their show more than, uh, more than one week's time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they, they actually put star power on this show. It wasn't all thrown together. It's been built up for weeks. I'm going with AEW slightly, probably only by like 20, 30,000 max, uh, low 700s, anywhere between 700 to 730,000. We need to look forward to week two, Fighter Fest, Great American Bad, 
We'll start with Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. I am going to go Lance Archer. <laughs> bold pick, I know, bold pick. <laughs> Okay, unanimous. Lance Archer, yes. <laughs> a six-man tag. Breeze and Drake Maverick versus Santos Escobar. Wild and Mendoza, a.k.a. Legado del Fantasma. I'm going to go Legado del Fantasma. I mean, like, guys, you can't start off with a fucking loss. Like, really? Is that unanimous, too? Yeah, I'm going yeah. with the cartel. To the worst cartel in America. For the tag team championship in AEW private party versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, I will go Omega and Page to retain they can't possibly fucking lose this match. <laughs> Unanimous? Whoa, that's yeah. Me yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. The, the head, I mean, I mean, I, I you you never you never know with AEW, but I'm gonna go with Hangman and um and Omega here because they're teasing that three way very heavily. I'm gonna throw this match in there just because I really do believe it's gonna happen. Io Shirai and Asuka versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Come on, I really want to see it so bad. Yeah, uh, I'm no. going with Sa- Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. SCU versus the Dark Order. I'm going Dark Order. Yeah. <laughs> Unanimous. Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in a street fight for NXT. I am going to go Candice LeRae. I'm going to go Mia Yim. I'm going to go Candice LeRae. Huge eight-man tag, which I am absolutely guaranteeing is going to be the match of the night for both shows. FTR and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade. I am going FTR and the Young Bucks. Same. FT Bucks. (laughs) Orange Cassidy Versus Chris Jericho, which do you think that's going to be the main event, or do you, do you think it's going to be the eight-man tag? I think this the uh, Orange and uh, Jericho should be the main event. I agree too, and I'm going to go Orange Cassidy. I'm going with Jericho. Woo! I'm going to agree with Chris G. I'm going to go with Jericho as well. The the big title for title match. Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. Uh, Chris, who wins? Title for title. Um, I'm going to go Keith Lee by disqualification. There's no way both titles are switching hands. I don't see it happening. On for Keith Lee? Yeah, I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to go for Keith Lee. My, my My brain is telling me Karrion Cross comes out and it's a no contest, but my heart tells me that Keith Lee is the star that NXT needs to get more victories in the ratings war. So I'm going with Keith Lee. I cannot bet against Adam Cole and all those things. 
Adam Cole wins. Adam Cole is a double champion. And then he's going to have to fuck with Karrion Cross eventually. I'm going Adam Cole. So that's enough for this long edition of Wednesday Night Warriors, episode number five. What a great episode. Thank you, SB3, for, for joining us and being a Wednesday Night Warrior yourself. Thank you for packing four hours of wrestling with the two. I really appreciate you. Any plugs? Uh, just joints and jabroni. Been out a couple days. And uh, next episode coming out soon, hopefully in the next few weeks. Catch me at Spick underscore Flair underscore Woo three O's. Can't wait to can't wait to the next episode where we will have SB three again for week two. Can't wait! Can't wait! Can't SB3. wait for night night two. Uh, definitely, you guys can check out all the other shows that I appear on true rewind all we're having a bunch of fun we're having a bunch of fun on true rewind as we're on the road to Halloween havoc you could take check out true hill heat 80 which is up on the channel right now with Justin must Clapper see. must see absolutely Justin Clapper of wrestling travel as we talk about the speaking out movement one of our more insightful episodes of true hill heat so definitely check that out like the video, subscribe, push the bell to stay notified so you know when all this great content hits your screen. And make sure you please like this video, help us out. It helps the YouTube algorithm. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, uh, well, you guys are going to be shocked at this. I've changed my name on Instagram and Twitter. I am now the pride of NY. I thought to myself, why should I just be the pride of NYC? Fuck that! <laughs> the pride of the entire state! The pride of NY. Follow me. And of course, True Rewind every Monday or Tuesday, depending on how busy the wrestling week is. And Wednesday Night Warriors, where we will see you next Wednesday with Chris G. SB3. We'll go over the ratings and we will go over night two of the Great American Fiber Bath Bath 2. Thank you for watching.